DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Zero Res. Back to school, time to get back to clean. Schedule your post-summer carpet cleaning with Zero Res today. Just $33 per room. Pre-treated, cleaned, and Zero Resified. Easy online scheduling. Search Zero Res Carpet Cleaning and call 801-288-9376. Man, I feel like, like LeBron is going to feel... You know, he didn't make the playoffs this year, so he got some extra rest time. Yep. That's exactly the way I feel right now. We got really, really fresh jaws. Yeah. I don't know. We're broadcasting live from Salt Lake Community College's Leadership Cup. Gail Miller, her eighth year involved with this, and a lot of people out here getting ready to golf at Hidden Valley to raise money for Salt Lake Community College and send some more students to school and send some more students back to school. Yeah, it's one of my favorite events because it's real. Training people. You're getting people at the ground level. Training people for the next the next gig, the next thing, the next opportunity. And this type of stuff can make a massive, significant difference in your life. It's real. We can attest to the fact that they are making progress at the culinary school. Culinary? Yeah. Culinary. I go cull. Well, the omelets were top shelf. Yeah. That's what we know so far. <laughs> Shocked ate three of them. Man. An omelet an hour every hour on the hour. All right, so PK, a little bit of college football this weekend. And a, a little bit massive, of college football on my mind. A massive result for BYU. A game where it looked like everything was going against them. Tennessee scores a touchdown on a tipped pass, deflected on fourth down. They didn't even need the interception. It would have been good because we would have gotten the ball at the 20. But the incompletion would have stopped the drive, and yet it deflects right to a Tennessee player. They can't get any offense going, but they got a third-quarter pick. They got a uh, borderline Hail Mary <laughs> with 20 seconds to go. Yeah, stunning. You know, it reminds me of uh, the sage. He was sage when he was like 45, Lavelle Edwards. He wasn't the sage old man. He was just a sage man. Because I can remember him saying many times over, you know, you just keep plugging away. You stay in the game. You stay in the game. You stay in the game. You don't give up. Things can happen. Games can change. It's a long game. And that was a classic example of what he was talking about. And the Cougars, they stayed with it, stayed with it, stayed with it. And it wasn't like at any point you thought, wow, they're really outclassed. Now you thought, well, man, it's going to be hard to do this on that particularly that last possession. But then they did it. And I, I have complete and total faith in this young Jacob Olroyd. This kid's amazing as a kicker, and I thought at that point, get into overtime, and they got all the momentum, and sure enough, they seized it, and uh, it was just awesome, man. It was exactly what BYU needed. We were talking, we talked about it all last week, that they needed to find a way to win. They couldn't go 0-4. They're not going to go 0-4. They never go 0-4. Even though we write them off every year, they're going (laughs) 0-4. They never do. And so, I mean, it's going to be tough this week against SC. I got it. SC looked great Saturday night against Stanford. That quarterback, Slovis, looked like, oh, my gosh, he looked like uh, Matt Leinart at his prime, in his prime at SC. So we'll worry about that on Saturday. But for now, since we're reviewing on Monday, that was a sensational win. Cougar Nation, it's real. I know some people don't like to acknowledge it, but they had a ton of fans there. That looked really it's, good. It's on, what they do. Yeah, that looked really good. On, I wonder if there was a uh, – it was Mike Garrett, right? Right? A Mike Garrett moment there. USC athletic director, yeah. USC AD who saw a BYU-UCLA game and saw all the BYU fans there. In the Rose Bowl. Yeah, and it's like, well, why don't you come play us? Yeah, that's how they oh, got that. Okay, so they signed a home-and-home, and, home and 
put, I don't know, ten or 15,000, whatever it was, in the stadium. And that, those two big chunks of blue, the one down low in the corner and then up high, and, man, Tennessee had to be thrilled because there would have been a lot of empty seats in that stadium without all that blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's, oh, yeah. there's a little lack of enthusiasm and uh, and uh, passion around that team now. They're now 6-16 six and 16 in their last 22 games. Mm-hmm. It's been a bad stretch of Tennessee football. And uh, but it, it looked great, and it's on ESPN. It's in primetime. All the exposure stuff. You got to figure their ads on that side of the country who maybe you know saw saw an ESPN picture for a second and thought, "What's going on there? That's a lot of blue." <laughs> We're going to settle this thing right now. Next year, it's going to be the battle between BYU and Georgia State. Find out which team really is superior because we got three teams now. You have one common denominator. Now it's time to settle it. You know what I mean? That'd be great. The Georgia State Aztecs. I don't even know what they are. <laughs> Georgia State Actually, Panthers. Panthers. Wow, Jake, good pull. I was about to say, I don't know what they are. Either. I watched that Georgia State-Tennessee game. I had, a lot, I had a lot of time to read up on this game traveling to it. So, so with that in mind, I'll schedule that showdown next year. Well, the year. Panthers and the Cougars, that sounds like it ought to happen. Two animals going at it, yeah. Exactly. Two big cats. I, I really like the poise that Zach Wilson showed in that situation. It it, it 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 took a lucky play and to get I mean, maybe lucky's not the right word fortunate. a fortunate play sure yeah but I like the poise that he showed way more poise than his mother Lisa <laughs> <laughs> she came clean on social media last night did you see that tweet yes. Is that- she's not gonna survive the next three years man this <laughs> is a football game. <laughs> <laughs> she's just over there looking like uh, she's having uh, the worst childbirth ever. Not that I would know what that looks like, but uh, it was, this is funny. And, and Zach is poised, and I, I talked to some of the coaches after the game. I was not in Tennessee, but I still had communication with them. And, uh, you know, they just love the kid. They absolutely love the kid. They love his moxie. They love his ability to stand in there and overcome bad plays and still be there. They really, really believe in his ability, which is why I believe in his ability. Not that I'm a big quarterback savant. I know what I see and see what I know. But what they tell me, what they're telling me Saturday night, it was something that this kid's got it going on. And he makes a beautiful pass. And Simon had a breakout game. Simon says, "Throw me the ball." <laughs> you see, uh, yeah, you I see saw that? what you did. I yeah. did. I really, I really did see what you did there. <laughs> and he gets deep and gets loose, gets him the ball. And, and Wilson's going to have a running game to work with because Tyson Tyson Williams is going to be good, and the O line can block for him a little bit, and he can run a little bit. It may not be great. There may not be 150 and 200 yard games out there, but. Uh, you know, there may not be 70-yard touchdown runs, but there'll be 15- and 20-yarders. I always felt all along this season the goal was to get to eight games in terms of wins, and that is progression. Absolutely. And that's all you can ask for. And it's still a hard path, <laughs> but at least it's doable with it that It was win. always going to be a hard path. It yeah. never was not. But I had them at one and one. I had them losing to Utah, right. beating, beating Tennessee. Tennessee. How we got here is a little surprising, but it's not surprising that we're here. Now, if they go two and two, then I'm I'm ecstatic for them. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 the zone. 
This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. I don't think up on BYU's locker room that they have. You guys are poop. You want to bet? Think, I actually think that that's where Utah's had a, a good edge. Now, I think that their talent yeah. is better, but they took that BYU media stuff and it was being played in the locker room. Zach Wilson saying, I'll go 3-1 and one against Utah. This is what Zach should have said. I will win one game against the University of Utah before I go to the pros after my junior year. That's what he should have said. Wow. Wow. Jeez, man. No. I, I don't know if that's any better. I don't think it's, actually, any, it's actually quite hey, a worse. Hey, like, no, hey, it's better. Hey. He's going to beat the University of Utah. Did you smoke funny cigarettes before you come in here? Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are broadcasting live from Hidden Valley Country Club. We are at the Gail Miller Leadership Cup for student scholarships for Salt Lake Community College. And there are just a couple hundred golfers out here about ready to get going. We're about to talk with... uh, with Utah State's head coach Gary Anderson here in a minute, but first a couple other thoughts on the weekend of college football. PK, yes, USC looked awesome. They did. Who who runs a true freshman out in his first start and gets that kind of performance? Alabama, Clemson, and USC. <laughs> there you go. The first touchdown pass, dropping that ball in, the long pass, yeah. dropping right over the shoulder, right into the hands. Perfect. He was awesome. I got to give it to the kid. I, I'm a fan already. He was sweet. He looked composed. SC's receivers are stunning. We knew they were stunning. Right. We'd heard that. We just didn't know how good they'd be at getting the ball to him. But they did. Yeah. 377 yards passing, three touchdowns. I, it was like I, 28 of 33. Uh, he was sensational. Yeah. I'm so looking forward to next Friday, not this Friday, but next Friday, to be down there in the Coliseum. That is just going to be a monumental, epic game. I'm excited for it as much as I could possibly be. Uh, Cal and Washington. Cal did what it does. The only the only thing that surprised me a little bit is they ran the ball better than they have with that uh, Dancy is his name and, and Christopher Brown. They were terrible offensively the first quarter and a half or so. I think they had 23 yards on their Which first didn't four possessions. Me. Right. And so they're just flailing up there and they're down 10 nothing. But then they just started stringing together long, methodical drives. It just seemed like it was 10 plays, 75 yards. Yeah. It was 8 plays, 73 yards. They ran and, the ball. And... I still thought they were in trouble when they gave up the late field goal because they had been running the ball and they only had, I think, a 205. Right. So what are you going to do in the two-minute drill? But they hit on a couple of big plays and got down there and gave themselves a chip shot field goal. Yeah. You always talk yeah. about you know a college kid under pressure, but that was basically an extra point. Well, it was 1.30 in the morning. Nobody was there. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was an unusual set of circumstances it, it, there. It was unusual. So. <laughs> I got to say, that I was trying to watch the game when I got home after doing talk at sports since I knew you know, we knew it was in a delay. I started thinking, okay, well, I'll flick it up when I get home. I fell asleep. I don't know what happened in the third quarter. I woke up for the fourth, though. I so fell asleep probably twice during the game. Yeah. I kept fighting it, yeah. and I'd fall asleep for like 15 minutes and then wake up and and watch the game. I felt, I felt obligated because the Utes are playing both of those teams. Yeah. Now, what we saw Saturday night, we're going to see – to a degree the same, but those games are going to take on their own entity. And that's why I said playing, not playing Stanford, hold off here. Hold off as, as, if, if, the, as if that's an advantage. Because well, the, don't the, be sleeping on Cal. With that type of defense, you're going to be in every game. 
Eight years in, the Utes have a better record against Stanford than they have against Cal. Right. For whatever reason, they obviously they match up better, and they've had a lot of success against those guys, and it's been a lot of fun to see those two teams play. But Cal's going to come in here uh, next month, and it's going to be a tough thing. That's what I'm saying. And once we get past this joke of a game, then there's going to be nine contests, and everybody's going to be shooting for the Utes. So they're going to have to play very, very well, maybe with the exception of Oregon State. I think everybody else is capable of beating them. Now, I don't think that, that most of them are, obviously, but I think in a given Saturday, particularly if you put the ball on the ground a couple of times, they're capable okay, of Okay, I'll go with that, yeah. You lose the turnover battle with two or three of those, but UCLA, I mean, Colorado, that was a great comeback yeah, but to they beat don't Nebraska. get them until November. They look like a- dull crap now, now, which is what they did last year at this time. They got Oklahoma this week, so she should get killed. But when you get them down the line, they got better last year. Now, am I favoring the Utes overwhelmingly today? Absolutely. But they got better, and maybe they can do that. Right now, it doesn't look like it. Now, Right now, it looks like a disaster. They look like, far and away, the worst team in the South. <laughs> I grant you that. There's no doubt about that. But I'm going to assume that they get better like they did last year. Certainly, I'm favoring the Utes in that game. There's no question about that. And maybe that's... I say they they can lose any of these games, but there's probably also going to be three, four, maybe even five of them in which they are up comfortably with eight minutes to go. Like they were last year in the Rose Bowl. That was a big-time blowout. That was over. Yeah. That was over. UCLA looked really bad. But Colorado looked good getting off the deck. They were down uh, 17, I think, against Nebraska. You've got a fifth-year senior quarterback. Yep. I thought of you. I thought of you the whole time. You've been saying it all summer. He's got a wide receiver. He's got a guy he can throw the ball to. And yeah. he's, I mean, Chanel's the real deal. And, and Montez is a vet. And, man, when he had to make a great throw for that game-time yeah. touchdown, Beautiful. that ball was on the money. Right. Yeah. And at that point, they had tons of momentum. They were rolling. Nebraska, Nebraska was really, yeah. really reeling at that point. I will favor the Utes in that game. It's at the end of the season. But this is the yeah, strength they, of the conference they look in like, its depth. Yeah, they look like a decent college football team. They don't, I don't know you really have to make excuses or explain for them. Not at all. On any given Saturday. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time now to talk a little college football with Utah State coach Gary Anderson. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Gary, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are we doing? We're doing all right. So I'm curious, now that you've watched the tape, you know, you, you schedule a game like Stony Brook, you, you expect the win, you get a big win, but you're always looking to learn stuff about your team. What did you learn? Uh, well, we got a lot of young guys to play, which was uh, a huge positive. I thought we were we were prepared for the game. Um, you know, they were excited to get out and, and get better. I thought they did that all during the week, and their focus was really on themselves. Um, Needed to win third downs, needed to get in a position to be able to win the turnover battle, which we need more turnovers on defense. And, um, you know, we, we, there was a lot of positives to the game. Um, but overall, I'd say the, the biggest positive is that they were prepared. I think we took steps forward in our basic fundamentals, our communication, um, you know, our ability to, you know, act and move around like a, uh, a quality football team from. Uh, even the first quarter all the way through the fourth quarter, it wasn't a huge drop-off when our young guys got in there and played, and uh, there's tons to work on. Um, absolutely, this would be a great tape for young and old to sit back and evaluate, but uh, it was uh, you know, a solid performance and um, from 
from the beginning to the end and which it should have been. I was listening to Nick Saban after his game, and they played New Mexico State, and obviously Alabama versus New Mexico State. You know what you're going to get. You're going to get a lopsided win. And one of the media guys asked Nick a question about playing these guys and can you benefit from them. And, of course, Nick does what he does. He gave us a lecture about uh, how he's trying to play these teams, but nobody will play them, blah, blah, blah. But beyond that, one of the things that he said, and I thought it, it applied to your situation, and I want to get your thought on it, he said, when you get in these games like this, it's very important that the week of leading up, the week preceding it, that you practice the way you're supposed to practice. And he said it's telling how, you know, we obviously the kids know you're supposed to beat New Mexico State. Obviously, your kids know you're supposed to beat Stony Brook. But if they practice the way they're supposed to practice, that's important. And that's about getting better during that week of practice. And then when you get in the game, do the things that you're supposed to do and that you can benefit from that no matter that you're much more talented than the individual team that you're playing. And so that's my thought for you. Did you see that last week, them practicing the way they're supposed to practice in order to get better as the season progresses and then, of course, carrying it into the game? Yeah, that's basically what I'm saying when I say, you know, you uh, we need to worry about us. Um, and we, our, one of our goals every week is to do that. You know, worry about who we are, what we're doing, how we're going to get better. And you obviously you prepare for your opponent. You look at your opponent. You study your opponent uh, week in and week out. And um, sometimes matchups are, are much more difficult than other weekends. There's no doubt about it. But uh, for us, is that's that was our approach this week, and it will be this week against San Diego State. Also, is to number one, take care of us, practice how we practice, work on the things that were our weaknesses from the week before that we always. When we evaluate the film, you sit back and you look at the positives, you look at the things that you uh, did okay, and you look at the things you did poorly, and then you work in practice as coaches and players to improve in those areas. And, you know, I, I thought they, uh, you know, had a good solid week of practice. And, you know, that, I guess if, a, if I felt like a team wasn't practicing that way, which you described, then that's almost like a team that thinks they've arrived and you've got some serious issues, um, some serious issues as far as, you know, respecting your opponent and all those things is part of it. But, you know, respecting your teammates and practicing the right way to help everybody get better it should be um shouldn't really have to be a weekly discussion in my opinion it should be something that you're you're working on as a team to continually get better and uh you know focus on the task at hand which on practice it's the task at hand is you know fundamentally playing as 11 strong with whatever units on the field so you talked about a lot of the young guys get to play. Did any young guys play well enough? And, I mean, I don't know, maybe, you know, in, in one game you can't do this, but did they change their position on the depth chart, alter the way you look at them, create a bigger role for themselves? Well, I think, you know, what it does is that uh, it's like your inside linebacker position. We were able to sit Woody down at halftime, and he didn't have to play the rest of the game. So it gave a couple of young men a chance to come in and really – show that they can uh, handle a game environment in that setting where it's, uh, you know, you've got a big lead, um, it's fairly comfortable, there's some situations it's not overly stressful at that point, so you want to see how they handle those situations. And so I would say it, uh, that was uh, – it's good. It's just good work. It's good reps. It's good to get them in games and get them in situations where, you know, there's not uh, somebody sitting back there telling them what to do every single snap. So there were some positives at that, that, that position, I would say. And, um, you know, we got some younger offensive linemen in there. They gave us a little bit of an opportunity to play some. The younger quarterbacks got in there, which was great to see those guys. So uh, I don't know if we really adjusted the depth chart, but I think we and the team and the young men that got in uh, to game situations uh, should feel more comfortable with themselves um, and uh, their team and um, position coaches should feel more comfortable with them getting into games as needed.
One of the things I love about college football is the unpredictable nature. You know, it seems like in the NFL, you don't get a ton of surprises. Obviously, you got better athletes across the board. And in the other sports, you know, with college football being once a week, and things can happen with turnovers and whatnot. And we saw it. We saw it with BYU looking like they're dead in the water, and then they get the long pass. And we've seen it so many times over the years. How important is it for your guys and any team, but I'm speaking specifically to you, so you answer the question, as far as getting your guys to stay in the game the full 60 minutes? Because even though it looks like things are going against you, if you make a play or two, change the momentum, all of a sudden you get back in the, the Cardinal game yesterday with uh, Detroit. Looked like they were left for dead. Dead, and then they get bit at block punt and they get back in it. So how do you keep your guys focused at on the task for that full 60 minutes? Yeah, it's very, very difficult. You know, I think you uh, you train in the off season, um, you train in spring, you train all summer, uh, fall camp, and now obviously in the games as you, you know, football is a grind and uh, it's kind of like life in my opinion. I show this with the kids all the time. I think it's as easy to start anything. It's easy to start a football game and be fired up. It's uh, it's it gets much harder in uh, in, in life to start things and then su- sustain it and keep on grinding through it. It's no different in a football game. We'll start it. You can have some adversity. How are you going to handle that? How do you keep grinding through it? So I think it's, you talk about it. You put them in those positions. Um, you know, you put their back against the wall and in certain scenarios you make it be um, not comfortable but uh, in a good solid position at times in practice to where they you know they feel like they're uh, you know playing well and, and got things in hand and just stay stay in the moment and the other thing is is we have so few of these opportunities value every one of those reps i mean we're, we're now we're down to 10 games left right all of a sudden it seemed yeah. like we were in fall camp a couple three days ago and now we've got 10 10 guaranteed opportunities left as all this team has and um it, it is difficult though especially uh, the maturity of the team i think the leadership in the team um you know the uh your your captains your leadership committee those kids that uh you know have been doing this for a long time have to keep the young men in the moment when it's not going our way and i just a team that rises up and you know they come out of the, the locker room and they're so jacked up that they're doing backflips and somersaults and you know and then they uh things don't go their way and all of a sudden the whole demeanor changes on the sidelines that's not the you got you got to stay in the moment you got to stay even um in the good and the bad and yeah we want them to celebrate big plays and um, have a lot of fun playing the game of football but you have to be able to understand that it is a long process and this game can flip it's a funny shaped ball that does weird things and um you know just helping them stay in the moment. I think that's a big job of a coach, too, of just keep on grinding and see what we can get done as we move through this football game. You know, PK and I have been doing this show for 17 years, and I can't tell you how many times we've heard someone say, the bye week comes at the perfect time. It seems like you're not going to say that because the bye week does come a little on the early side. But, you know, the schedule is what it is. How do you use a bye week now? What's, what, what do you try to accomplish with your conference open and looming out there in two weeks? Yeah, well, um, you know, keep working on the things that uh, we can get better at. I think that's identifying that uh, today before these kids walk in the building at 145 and make sure when we evaluate this film is see the things we're doing well, applaud those, celebrate the victory, and then make sure we're moving on quickly to, uh, you know, where we can get ourselves better and then fitting the kids in the right spots. We used it as time to get a, a, a little bit of a head start on some opponents in our league that are very difficult to deal with. Um, take a little bit of time on certain things that they do that could cause us problems as we study uh, some other teams and they're, they're coming up uh, on the schedule. And then we'll get a jump start on San Diego State. You know, they've uh, obviously they're 2-0. They've played 
couple games and won those games and uh, studied that opponent. And, you know, it's, I don't know, buys, buys or buys. They're, uh, you know, sometimes I think we wouldn't mind just playing 12 straight. Sometimes I think you can specifically take it, you know, every a third of the state, a third of the year. And then if you have two buys a third of the year, if you just have one buy, take it right in the middle of the season. But uh, you said it best. They are where they are. So we'll use this to our advantage and, and work to try to, to get better. Um, it'll be a good opportunity for us to get down in uh, Friday and uh, to watch the high school games down in Salt Lake City. Uh, we're not going to have a bunch of coaches go out on the road all over the country, but we will get to a lot of games here in Salt Lake, uh, excuse me, in the Utah area as a whole. Um, so there's there's advantages to it, and we're going to use every day we can to as an advantage, not as a disadvantage, because we've played twice, and we get a week off to prepare for San Diego State and recruit and get better at what we're doing. Gary Anderson, Utah State football coach, joining us. All right, Gary, maybe we'll uh, see you out at a high school game. Everybody will be looking for you now. Is Coach A at our game? <laughs> the, the, the Ags will be rolling through there pretty, pretty, pretty deep this Friday, Saturday. Well, excuse me, I guess just Friday. So. Yep. All right, thanks, Gary. We appreciate it. Okay, guys, have a wonderful week. Go Ags. Gary Anderson, Utah State football coach, joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Rubber will meet the road soon, PK. The warm-ups are out of the way. Rubber meets the road soon, huh? It'll take two weeks. Are you Roy Firestone over here? I am, yes. I am Roy Firestone. (laughs) Get your Firestones. (laughs) Uh, Yes, we, we know that. And in the meantime, thank goodness for BYU, though. I know. Isn't it great to have a team playing a front-loaded schedule? Because you look yeah. around college football, and there's a couple of made-for-TV big games. ESPN got LSU and Texas together. Uh-huh. Good for them. Yeah. You know, and Clemson willing to play Texas A&M. Good for them. But there's a real shortage of, of big games. I'm glad the Pac-12 had two conference games. I wish they had two more. I think they should have two more conference games this week. You know, you want to get your, if you want to get your name out there, now's the time to do it. Everybody else is lying low. BYU's doing it, and the Pac-12 ought to do it, too, and uh, provide a couple of conference games on a week when the TV networks are, it's a little lean out there, you know? I turned on the TV Saturday morning, and, like, the Ohio State game was on, and they were just beating up on somebody. Cincinnati, Cincinnati yeah. Well, Cincinnati won 11 games last yeah, year. Yeah, they did. And, uh, I know. Yeah, I know. And I've already, still I already looked. I thought, oh, I might go see a movie this Saturday night because there's nothing that catches my attention. No big games. Not like it was Two right. nights ago. Yeah. And BYU and Utah, uh, the Aggies are off, and BYU and Utah both have the rare afternoon games. So by 530, it'll all be done. Yeah, Independence is really working for the Cougars, man. Tennessee on ESPN, ABC, USC. <laughs> what more do you want, man? Uh, spot in the Big 12 title game. Well, that's up to those ding-dongs over there. Uh, I know. You can't control Make that. the Cougars a part of yeah. their conference as they should. You idiots, invite BYU already. What are you waiting for? All right, DJ and PK, this guy sucks. Who really sucked? And the play of the game coming up. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. 
Pushing toward the end zone and no signal yet. Now there it is. Touchdown BYU wins and an absolutely horrific gut-wrenching loss for the Tennessee Vols who had it with about 30 seconds left in regulation but couldn't hang on. There it is, BYU, the game-winning touchdown in double overtime. That's the Chevy Strong play of the game. Know it today at 4.50. Listen to the big show, and you can win fabulous prizes. As the great philosopher Snoop Dogg once said, This guy sucks. like a sucker punch. It's time to reward the losers in sports with another edition of This Guy Sucks. You suck. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Who really sucked this weekend? We got people who sucked on the field, people who sucked off the field, on the field. Man, the Dolphins were terrible, PK. That was humiliating. The Ravens setting club records, touchdown passes, points, yardage. Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Dolphin quarterback, completed less than half his passes, 14 of 29. That's terrible. But does Antonio Brown trump it all? Is all this drama for a month, and then it just has a feeling he engineered his way to the Patriots. <laughs> this guy sucks. He, he knew at the end he was creating trouble. That video of him running in the backyard, that wasn't, oh, no, I just lost $50 million, $30 million guaranteed. That was sweet. The plan worked. I'm going to New England for $15 million bucks for one year. All right. Uh, yeah, on the surface, I can see what you're doing, but, you know, he's going to lose money. And then if he has problems with New England, he could be out of the league. So there is risk involved. Now, maybe he'll be on his best behavior. I thought Tony Dungy put it out there well when he said this sends a wrong message. And it certainly does. And I would love to see they get to a point where your talent doesn't matter. Your character. Maybe I'm going Martin Luther King here and the, uh, the content of your character. And so if you're going to be jackpotting around, as Jerry Sloan would say, that we're not interested in you, and then have all of the teams say that, because there's really no need for that, and it sends a horrible message. I agree exactly what Tony Dungy said, but the guy's got supreme talent. You can argue very much for the last handful of years. He's been the best receiver in the league, if you want to go there. Certainly, he's been among the top, and so that allows him this leverage, but there's a bunch of guys who have leverage that don't do those types of things, that they show up to work when they're supposed to be there, and they put in their work, they do their thing, and they you know basically keep their mouth shut, and they're great teammates and great people, and I would like to talk more about them and celebrate those guys because those are the that's actually the norm but this other guy over here with all these shenanigans and away you go you know if you're gonna do the holdout like ezekiel elliott well and you get more money when it worked for him i don't really have a problem with that but he shows up doesn't create the drama yeah. when he gets back runs for a right. touchdown right picks up whatever blitzes so that prescott can throw for his 400 yards yeah. four scores and they win right and that see that's a business decision this antonio brown thing it wasn't a business decision i don't think it was too much nonsense and and you know the older you get the more you realize life is precious time is running out why put up with all this crap there's no need to do that why have all this needless drama so uh yeah i'm not i don't root against the patriots i don't dislike brady in fact i enjoy watching him play i, I love what he's doing uh, the, the belichick with the sourpuss nature and the, the interviews and all it doesn't really affect me but i i don't really want to see this guy succeed and i don't have any people or teams in the nfl that i hate 
because I'm just a fan of the league. I, I don't have a team or players or whatnot. I enjoy watching these guys play on Sunday. You know, there was a ton of great games yesterday. Uh, that and and I had my free preview, so I'm flicking around like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wanted to see how Kyler Murray was going to do. My sister's at the game, you know, so I'm texting back and forth. They looked like they were left for dead. Oh, I was leaving them for dead. Yeah, absolutely, I was leaving them for dead. But they got off the deck, two late scores, the two point conversion, right? And then they couldn't get it done in OT. Yeah, both teams with the field goal. And then the the kid almost has the interception. Oh, that was brutal. <laughs> and the, they got great sideline reaction shots Christian, because everybody's over there saying, yeah. oh, he's got it. Oh, he doesn't have it. I mean, they're just living and dying. Christian Kirk and Kylan Murray. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for sure, uh, my wife and I went out to eat and, and we left uh, – thinking it was going to be crappy and then we went to the place and we, we walk in and they got it on TV and they're they're down going in for the tying score and the two point conversion I said what the heck happened I didn't know what happened I knew they blocked the punt and as I walked in I went to the bathroom and I came back this older gentleman says to me ah I see what you're doing trying to get knowledge so when you go in tonight for TV you can give DJ all sorts of bleep <laughs> <laughs> well that is how it works <laughs> All right, you got anybody you want to throw in there for this guy sucks? Or the Dolphins, Fitzpatrick, and A.B., there you go. There's you your know, headline. I, I got to go Jeremy Pruitt, the coach yeah. of Tennessee. You got to get more calm. You were too outrageous on the sidelines. Settle down, man. I, I just think that sends a wrong message to your team. It looked like you are going berserk. And they just, pick up on your stress. Yeah. Relax yeah. a little bit, man. It's a football this game. This guy it's sucks. Things are going to happen that work against you. But don't be acting, and I guess that maybe it's easy for me to say because I'm not in that situation, but don't be acting like you're literally, literally your job rides on this very next play. And I realize it's easier for me to say, but I think you've got to present more of a calm nature. Uh, I did want to say one thing about Antonio Brown before we go to break. I know we've got to go. Uh, you know, he did give up guaranteed money. But because this is one year, not three, he's got a chance to earn it back. It is a gamble here. Uh, you know, $9 million up front in the signing bonus, 15 total. Now, he had three years, 30 and 50. So we'll have to see what kind of money he makes for the next two years, how he performs for the Patriots. But, man, if Gordon can stay on the field and he stays on the field and they got Edelman, holy cow. I mean, Gronk was a heck of a loss, but that's a pretty good receiving core. Yeah, and I think 33-3 to looked pretty good against Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, you think? Now, Pittsburgh may be... Nothing. They yeah, couldn't still. They couldn't run the ball a lick, man. Connor had some big games last year, but he didn't. He didn't that was a thing. butt kicking. That total and complete. Total and complete. All right, DJ and PK. It's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone.